drag queen chickens. Okay. Confession. It's drag queens and chickens. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. <laughs> Happy Saturday. Yeah, Saturday night. And I ain't got nobody. I got some money because I just got paid but very little. Uh, yeah, wow. Again, another hot day today in Malaysia. Not, I mean, yes, of course, every day is hot. But the last week, uh, I don't know what's worth. The traffic? Worth. <laughs> can, can I talk? I kind of do that for a living. I should learn how. The tra- I don't know what's worse, the traffic or the heat. And when you put them together, I'm really surprised we don't have more road rage going on because they both suck at the moment. Welcome in, everybody. Hello, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch.tv. And yes, we're back live on Rumble. We made it. I'm looking at it right now. We are live back on rumble thank you rumble for the assistance we managed to figure out the problem we got it done and we're live there's a little lag but there always is on rumble you can find all of our shows over there i strongly encourage you youtube fine whatever Uh, facebook yeah you know eventually they're gonna just cancel any show that has even slightly leans to the right but Rumble, guaranteed lifetime of no censorship. Say whatever you want. It's a fantastic platform, by the way. And no, it's not just a bunch of right-wing nutbag conservatives. It is a lot of cool stuff. There's politics, there's science, there's uh, podcasts, video casts, like this show. There's uh, viral videos. Yeah, puppy dog videos and kitty cat videos. All kinds of stuff. Check it out if you haven't. Sign up for an account. It's free. Rumble.com. And while you're there, please check out Jay Sheldon and the Jay Sheldon Show. Just uh, hit subscribe or follow, whatever it is on that platform. And uh, thank you. And our podcast listeners, thank you guys across Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Podbean, Uh, You name it. We're on all the platforms. We thank you so much. Look us up. You can take us with you wherever you go. You can hear all of our old shows. 220, what, 21, 22 shows? Wow, that's a lot of content. But yeah, we, uh, we're there. We're, uh, it's the audio part of this show. You're just listening to the audio. A lot of what we do is visual, but we always give you the links. They are down in our show notes. That's the description down below. And we also always update you on our favorite furry little friend. Miko Update. Mm-hmm. Miko Update. Yeah. Uh, wonderful, doing great as always. We got a big day planned for her tomorrow, and uh, she will be uh, she'll be escorting us to uh, maybe City Park by Wanutama, and definitely to uh, Dessa Park City, uh, the dog friendly park there. Great park if you've never found uh, Dessa Park City. And there's this big furry friends event thing going on this weekend, so we're gonna go up check that out tomorrow. Uh, probably in the early morning before the sun gets too high and too hot. But uh, yeah, we'll be there and hope to see you too. If you see us, pop by, say hi. Can't miss the little girl. That picture's from about mm, 10 o'clock this morning. So about 12 hours ago. Uh, yeah, and she's doing uh, she's doing really well. Had a couple of good walks today and 
we had a lot of fun hanging out and just enjoying time with the uh, the little Miko lady. I always get questions. I get PMs and emails. By the way, if you want to email the show, just email show at jsheldon.com. It's that easy. Uh, you got suggestions for stuff you want me to talk about, uh, things you want to say. You got your own comments. You can always comment during the show. It shows up down here in our little chat box, and or it's supposed to. And uh, yeah, so you can you can be involved in the show that way if you like. And uh, we certainly welcome suggestions, stuff you'd like to see me talk about or cover. Um, tonight it is not exactly drag queen chickens. It is drag queens and chickens. They're two separate subjects. All right. <laughs> we talked about this whole food problem and it's not going away, folks. I'm telling you, uh, we didn't have, well, no, we didn't have, I had chicken today at a restaurant. Uh, so far, hasn't hasn't hugely affected the price or the availability, but there has been a few places we've gone where they have run out of chicken. So, and apparently it ain't just chicken, but chicken is one of the main meals and main food things that we eat in this country. Uh, in addition to many other countries, Rojak Daily did this article a couple days ago, uh, May 25th, actually about a week ago. Uh, and it's not getting any better. I got to follow up to this one in just a minute. We'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, the link is in our show notes if you want to uh, check out this article. As this looks like every Malaysian restaurant on the planet, or in the country, I should say. Uh, Malaysian facing chicken supply shortage? Question mark. Uh, yeah, we're going to get through all the ads here. These ads on this website are absolutely insane. Um, Kam Hyong chicken, ayam masak mera, chicken tikka masala. Malaysia has so many dishes, as I've told you before, that require chicken as its main ingredient. But uh, some of us finding it a little difficult to shop for it lately. And those who have managed to get their hands on chicken have found the price going up. Why is there McDonald's french fries in there? <laughs> First it was potatoes. Ah, that's why. Now it's chicken. Uh, you all remember a while back, there was a global shortage of potatoes that even led McDonald's to remove the large option from fries from its menu. Of course, that didn't stop people. They just ordered two mediums. But, you know, people. Oh, cool chicken. <laughs> anyway, most Malaysians may not have been paying close attention to the current war with Ukraine, thinking that country is too far away to be bothered about. Unfortunately, you thought wrong. Thank you, U.S., and your stupidity. The effects of the war even spilling over into our part of the world. Nations around the world are struggling with rising food costs. Yes, Aldwin, we do love our fried chicken. Hey, I got something. Don't, Aldwin, don't go away, because after we cover this story, I got to ask you a question. You'll love it. Uh, India, remember I talked about this. India has restricted the export of wheat because of heat waves. And Indonesia had a blanket ban on exports of crude palm oil and its refined, refined products, only just recently to reverse it. But uh, it's happening. It's going on. Weather conditions, rising costs also leads to shortage of chicken food, 
which, you know, again, we talked about that, but this, again, this article just goes up and, and plays more about it. Uh, this time, uh, time has now led to Malaysia introducing a ban, here we go, on chicken exports that started just a few days ago, June 1st, control the price of chickens domestically. The prime minister said in a statement, the export of, wow, 3.6 million chickens would be halted until domestic prices and production stabilizes. We export 3.6 million chickens? Dang, that's a lot of birds. According to Bloomberg, Malaysia is the 49th largest supplier of poultry in the world, exporting $18.9 million, that is, worth of the product just in 2020, just a couple years ago. Um, uh, this site, uh, uh, Rojak Daily, uh, did their own investigation looking for local ingredients in their supermarket. No stock of chicken, only chicken nuggets. First, a global pandemic. Now this, we'll all be saying, I am very hungry, pun intended. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, if you're not in Malaysia, I am is the Malay word for chicken. Uh, anyway, please can things get back to normal already. Yeah, definitely please can things get back to normal. Okay, uh, Aldwin. Aldwin's a big fan of the show. We love him. He's always hanging out, asking weird questions, but we love the weird questions. They're our favorite stuff. But I got one for you. I saved this for the next time you popped in on the show here. Um, always a question about Marvel and Marvel movies. And I said Batman. Of course, Batman, I found out, isn't Marvel. I got a question for you. It's perhaps the toughest question ever. Can a lightsaber cut through Captain America's shield? Mm. Think about it. Could a lightsaber cut through Captain America's shield? You might have to research that one. But uh, <laughs> I saw that and I thought of you instantly, Aldwin. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> All right, back to uh, food shortages. If Aldwin answers me, I'll, I'll, we'll get back to it. Uh, yeah, uh, from the Malay Mail, mm, uh, Malaysians from almost every income group. Oh, he says, yes, possibly. Okay, cool. You know what? I should move my little chat box up. Let me squeeze that up so then it, it's a little contrasty. Okay. Uh, yes, possibly. All right. Uh, Malaysians from almost every income group are crying foul about the looming food supply shortage and soaring prices. Uh, the link to this article, if you want to read the whole thing, is in our show notes tonight. And against that backdrop, experts and analysis uh, analysts say, as well as the relevant parties of the, uh, are of the view that the government should adopt a more aggressive and systematic approach to ensure a sustainable food supply for the people. Uh, Nazarul, hey, thanks for the like. Appreciate it, and good to see you tonight. Thanks. Hi-ho, and a round of applause there for Nazarul. Thank you so much for the like. Um, anyway, uh, they're saying the government really needs to get their ass in gear and do a little more. This article, again, is in our show notes if you want to read the whole thing. Um Crucial, given the nation's dependency on food imports, 
this is an art, a statistic that I didn't know was, was a fact. We currently import, import means we don't grow it here, more than 50% of the food that we eat. About 63 billion, billion with a B ringgit. Senior lecturer at the School of Business and Economics, University Putra, Malaysia, Associate Professor Dr. Anwar Shah Bali Mahomed said one of the ways the government can embark on is large-scale vegetable cultivation, including fast-growing veggies that can be harvested within six months. We just saw, yeah, here, see the headline, Experts Putrajaya Must Do More to Boost Food Output, Stabilize Prices and Supply. Putrajaya, if you're not aware, if you're not living in Malaysia, is uh, where the seat of our government is. So when you say the government, you can also say Putrajaya. Anyway, uh, something needs to be done. It needs to be done fast. And, you know, the thing is, is that we don't live in a bubble here in Malaysia. We live in on the world. We live on the planet with everybody else. And what everybody else does sadly also affects us, or maybe not sadly. But uh, between wars in Ukraine and all the idiocy going on with that moron in the White House in the U.S., uh, who's just apparently doing everything he can to destroy the country. It sure appears that way. Um, uh, yeah, and if you think that stuff doesn't matter, it does. When the prices you're paying for food start going up or the availability of food starts disappearing, it's not just about Malaysia. Yes, Malaysia's responsible for some of it. But all the goings-on in the world today and all the stupidity you see every day on the news from around the world... All of those things trickled. <laughs> there is no such thing as a trickle-down theory, but in this case, it trickles down. It really does. We've got to keep an eye on it, and we need to be doing something about it now. We There's the little girl barking in the background. We really should have been doing something about it a long time ago if the economic forecasters had any you know, worth, which apparently they don't. But, uh, yeah, there you go. All right, so we did chickens, and now we're going to do drag queens. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I told you, it's drag queen chickens, or chicken drag queens, whatever it was. Anyway, uh, this is great. This is from juiceonline.com, and the link is in our show notes. Not going to read the whole article, but I do want to at least give you some highlights from it. And it's very cool. Uh, we live... In a relatively conservative country uh, here in Malaysia. Uh, and, uh, you know, people love complaining and saying, oh, that's not our culture. And whatever it might be, women in short skirts, uh, women with too much cleavage showing, uh, the whole gay and lesbian issue, uh, drag queens, of course. And, you know, one of the big things we always hear here is that, oh, uh, keep that in your own space. Uh, that's not our culture here. Well, I beg to differ. And so does JuiceOnline.com. And I really can't encourage you enough to read this article because it's cool. Malaysians have, and this, you know what? This likely applies no matter where you are listening to our show, whether you're in Malaysia or not. So listen to this and relate it to your own uh, where you live. Malaysians have forgotten about 
drag queens celebrating Inang, the most iconic role in Malay theater. Yeah. Just a month ago, Dato Sri Vida, who is a work of art in and of herself, uh, in her latest uh, Mua Mua Raya music video, uh, caused uh, the country to go into a bit of a flip-flop. I mean, it's much ado about nothing, but people love much ado about nothing around here. And the main cause was drag queens. Many not surprised by Malaysia's reaction to the video. Uh, supporters were praising creativity and its fashion. Uh, it got a lot of backlash and... Uh, People were saying uh, it captured, uh, what captured Juice Online's attention, though, is uh, one particular rising actor's reaction towards the video. Now, there's a bunch of posts, tweets here that are in Malay. They kind of translate what it is here. I'm not going to try and do that myself because my Malay pretty much sucks. But the Juice has done that uh, for you here. Me and my Malay artist friends role to improve and better the industry, yet there are those who only put themselves, their business, and their publicity first uh, until they're willing to tarnish our industry and nation. Don't think that just because you have money, you can do whatever you want. Don't think that just because your social status is high... Uh, respect for you is also high. This is this this guy writing. Uh, respect cannot be bought with money, said the so-called actor. Uh, the rising sentiment expressed frustration after watching the video and created a Twitter thread that ended with him asking DSV to level up her standard. However, by expressing his disdain, he also expresses his extreme lack of any kind of education about Malaysia's theater history, which can be seen as ironic because he claims to be the child of the arts constantly. Uh, it isn't entirely the actor's fault. This is the kind of bullcrap we see all the time. Oh, see, this is, it's not our culture, blah, blah, blah. Uh, decades of uh, Islamization and oppression towards the LBGTQ community have made Malaysians rather unappreciative of our own traditional art, which even led to some labeling the art we used to do as distasteful. Well, that coupled with the declining amount of art graduates amongst the new wave of Malaysian actors and actresses will naturally lead to some rather ignorant comments, as illustrated by the screenshot here. Uh, anyway, uh, in honor of Pride Month, which is June, uh, Juice is highlighting the traditional theater of Mek Mulang. I hope I'm saying that right. M-E-K Mulang. Uh, how we celebrated drag queen performers back in the day. Mek Mulang, what is it? Uh, it's a traditional Malay theater that was originally from Kedah, the performance blends acting, singing, dancing, and music into one highly amusing and usually comedic show. It's comedy. Uh, the performance is done with actors improvising the script from top to bottom. It's all improvised. And they perform beautiful repertoires like uh, Burong Odang and Timang Walu. Again, pronunciation forgiveness here. Uh, two years ago... Only two years ago, the Ministry of Tourism and Culture in Malaysia submitted this sacred Malay theater to UNESCO and asked it to be certified 
as a cultural heritage performance. Now, there are a few different storylines within the Mechmulong universe, but the story mostly revolves around saving a damsel in distress, like the plot in Langhon Dewa Muda. Oh, I butchered that one. As well as Putera Kahaya Chahaya Bulan, which usually captures the attention of the audience, however, is the character Inang. Now, what does that have to do with drag queens? Well, Inang is always seen walking with and helping the Putri, the princess, with her daily tasks. And there are two different Inang characters, Inang Muda and Inang Twa. These two would always style a beautiful kabaya matched with a clean bun. Kabaya is a, a woman's dress style. Uh, traditional jewelry, sometimes a paper umbrella or a fan. Inang is a drag queen character who, you guessed it, is usually the one that delivers the most iconic punchlines. So for decades, drag queens played the role of Inang for the purpose of entertaining the audience, making the crowd laugh, and making the story feel light. Crucial for Inang to be played by drag queens, as back in the day, people would line up to woo the dolls on stage. And what's interesting is the character of Inang was just like the drag queens in uh, DSV's music videos. So their existence is to deliver funny moves and showcase impressive twirls and gags. So not only a part of our cultural heritage, but it's been applied for a UNESCO uh Called the certif certification as a cultural heritage performance. So there you go. Aldwin says, I don't really find drag funny. That's just gay. Uh, why would I even find gay funny? Just not my cup of tea. <laughs> uh, but you know what? That's fine. You do you. It's not your cup of tea. It's not your cup of tea. You know, I'm like I said before, when we were talking about Marvel movies, I'm not a big you know, Marvel Universe fan. I, I don't watch a whole lot of them. But, and you do. And that's fine. Uh, honestly, I don't watch a lot of drag shows either. Because, frankly, you can't really find that many of them around here. They do exist. But they're hidden away in, uh, in rather large closets. To coin a phrase. But there you go, folks. The link to that great article is in our, uh, our show notes tonight. And I, I encourage you strongly to, uh, to check it out. You know what? I'm going to save this one. I'll, I'll show you a little, a little hint of what I was going to cover. I'll cover it in my next show. This, has to, this is absolutely incredible. The link is in our show notes, but I'll put it back in our show notes when we cover this on our next show. These are carvings, and they are so intricate and so detailed and so tiny, you actually, in some cases, need a microscope to be able to see all the details. Again, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this tonight because I've got something I want to show you that I actually own. Uh, Aldwin, now following. Thank you, Aldwin. Appreciate it. Thank you. That, that helps a lot. It really does. All of our, uh, our follows and subscribes goes a long way to helping out. And thank you for, for those of you who click that button. Really, really appreciate it. Anyway, I will cover this when I remember to bring my, uh, my little item up on the show because I've got 
something similar to this I want to share with you. We'll do that on our uh, on our next show. For now, we'll just push back that past that. All right. Uh, what else we got here tonight? Uh, Ron Rubble. Oh, yeah. No, that's a tiny artifacts. We already covered that one. Okay. Weird and amazing things. This is kind of one of those good news stories we always like to end this segment of the show with. But I've got two of them tonight. One is local here in Malaysia, and this one comes from London. It's a uh, it is a brilliant story in London. There's I don't know if you've ever been to London or uh, ridden on the uh, on the what is it the tube uh, the the basically the subway system in London. But there is a woman who goes every day on the subway and sits on the dock just to listen to the announcement because it was recorded back in 1950 by her husband who has now passed away. Margaret McCullum, after the death of Oswald Lawrence, sits on the bench waiting to hear this recording that became one of London's most famous Mind the Gap in 2003, Oswald passed away, passed away, leaving a huge void in Margaret's heart. So Margaret found a way to feel his presence again. From uh, the day after, more than a half a century, the voice was replaced by a rather empty electronic recording. So they got rid of Oswald's live recording of his voice from the 1950s. And they replaced it with one of these electronic crap voices. Out of distress, Margaret asked if she could have a cassette tape of the London Subway Transport Company's recording so she would be able to continue listening to her husband's voice at home. Now get this. Knowing the moving history, the company decided to restore the announcement at the embankment stop of the Northern Line, which is where Margaret goes to sit and listen to her husband's voice every day. All the passengers now listen to Oswald Lawrence's voice and think that eternal love really does exist. Wow. That is an amazing gesture by the authorities, and what a sweet thing to do. Just at that one stop near her home, they've restored her husband's voice doing the Mind the Gap announcement so she can listen. That's sweet. That is. If that don't warm the cockles of your heart, then your heart probably doesn't have any cockles. All right? Okay. And one more great story just happened this week. Uh, this article is just from yesterday. And uh, it is about an elderly Singaporean man. And great story, another amazing proof that incredible people exist out there in our world. This is from says.com, links in the show notes. Elderly Singaporean man left in tears when a Malaysian returns his wallet with 3,800 ringgit inside, untouched. There's the fellow who lost his wallet, and there is the amazing young man who returned it with every cent in it that was there when he lost it. 
The kind act of a Malaysian's moved a Singaporean senior citizen to tears when the Good Samaritan returned his wallet with over 3,800 that he left behind on a bus. Speaking to China Daily, the old man's niece shared the story of the good deed of a Malaysian man who is believed to be in his early 20s. She shared that her uncle, surnamed Zhu, uh, was traveling from Seremban, Negri Sembilan, to Klang, Johor, on the 27th of May. He arrived at a stop in Sri Lalang, left his wallet behind with banknotes of over a thousand Sing dollars, which is about 3,200, and around 600 ringgit. Uh, it's understood that he got off at the wrong stop in Klang, which made him nervous, and he didn't realize he had lost his wallet. There's the wallet with all that money inside. Um, the niece said the young man picked up the wallet after he saw it and spent almost half an hour communicating with the bus operator to find and contact the owner of the wallet. My cousin's mobile phone number was recorded when the bus ticket was purchased. Cousin notified me after receiving the call, recounted the niece. I went to look for the man at the bus stop around 5 o'clock to retrieve the wallet, and by that time, he was already waiting at the bus stop for an hour. So not only did this guy do the right thing, he went out of his way to make sure this elderly guy got his wallet back intact. The next day, the niece requested to meet the young man so her uncle could thank him in person. He's 80 years old offered the young man some money to express his gratitude, but this guy refused to accept it. And here is a picture of this amazing guy. 3,800 ringgit returned safely to this amazing man by that incredible young guy. What a great story. There are good people. There are good people in this country. And on this planet. Wow. That does your heart good. Look at that. Two in a row, huh? All right. <laughs> it's time. Yeah, we've done about a half hour here. It's time to move on over to our book. As you know, we read classic books on this show for the last half of the show. And uh, we've been doing all kinds of great ones like uh, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, we just finished and we moved on to uh, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. We're taking it part chapter by part chapter until we get through to the end. And we are right now in the case of identity. It's been a rather interesting setup, and we'll continue now with this part of the third chapter of Identity Mysteries with Mr. Sherlock Holmes. You've made your position very clear to me, said Holmes. This is my friend Dr. Watson, before whom you can speak as freely as before myself. Kindly tell us now about all your connection with Mr. Hosmer Angel. Well, a flush stole over Miss Sutherland's face, and she picked nervously at the fringe of her jacket. I, I met him first at the gasfitter's ball, she said. They, they used to send father tickets when he was alive, and then afterward they remembered us and sent them to mother. Mr. Widdendebank didn't wish us to go. He never did wish us to go anywhere. He would get quite mad if I wanted so much as to join a Sunday school treat. But this time I was set on going, and I would go, for what right had he to prevent? 
He said the folk were not fit for us to know. When all father's friends were to be there, and he said that I had nothing fit to wear. When all, uh, when all I had my purple plush that I had never so much as taken out of the drawer. At last, when nothing else would do, he went off to France upon the business of the firm, and when he went, mother and I, with Mr. Hardy, who used to be our foreman, and it was there that I met Mr. Hosmer Angel. I suppose, said Holmes, that when Mr. Winterbank came back from France, he was very much annoyed at having you gone to the ball. Oh, well, he was very good about it. He laughed, I remember, and shrugged his shoulders and said there was no use denying anything to a woman, for she would have her way. I see. Uh, then, at the gasfitter's ball, you met, as I understand, a gentleman called Mr. Hosmer Angel. Uh, yes, sir, I, I met him that night, and he called the next day to ask if he had got home all safe. And after that, we met him. That is to say, Mr. Holmes... I met him twice for walks, but after that, father came back again, and Mr. Hosmer Angel would not come up to my house any more. No. Uh, well, you know, father didn't like anything of that sort. He wouldn't have had any visitors if he could help it, and he used to say that a woman should be happy in her own family circle. But, but then, as I used to say to mother, a woman wants her own circle to begin with, and I had not got mine yet. But how about Mr. Hosmer Angel? Did he make no attempt to see you? Uh, well, father had gone off to France again in a week, and Hosmer wrote and said that it would be safer and better not to see each other until he was gone. Uh, we could write in the meantime, and he used to write every day. I took the letters uh, in the morning, and so there'd be no need for father to know. Were you engaged to the gentleman at this time? Oh, yes, Mr. Holmes. We, we were engaged after the first walk we took. Hosmer, uh, Mr. Angel, was a cashier in an office in Leiden Hall Street. And what office? Uh, well, that's the worst of it, Mr. Holmes. I don't know. Where did he live then? Oh, he slept on the premises. And you don't know his address? Uh, no, except that it was Leiden Hall Street. Where did you address your letters, then? Uh, to the Leadenhall Street Post Office, to be left till called for. Uh, he said that if they were sent to the office, he'd be chafed by all the other clerks without having letters from a lady. So I offered to typewrite them, like he did his, but he wouldn't have that, for he said that when I wrote them, they seemed to come from me, but when they were typewritten, he always felt that the machine had come between us. Uh, that'll just show you how fond he was of me, Mr. Holmes, and the little things that he would think of. It was most suggestive, said Holmes. It has long been an axiom of mine that the little things are infinitely the most important. Can you remember any other little things about Mr. Hosmer Angel? Oh, he was a very shy man, Mr. Holmes. He would rather walk with me in the evening than in the daylight, for he said that he hated to be conspicuous. Very retiring and gentlemanly he was. Even his voice was gentle. He had the quinsy and swollen glands when he was young, he told me, and it left him a weak throat. 
and a hesitating, whispered fashion of speech. He was always well-dressed, very neat and plain, but his eyes were weak, just as mine are, and he wore tinted glasses against the glare. Well, and what happened when Mr. Widdebank, your stepfather, returned to France? Mr. Hosmer Angel came to the house again and proposed that we should marry before father came back. He was in dreadful earnest and made me swear with my hands on the testament that whatever happened, I would always be true to him. Mother said he was quite right to make me swear and that it was a sign of his passion. Mother was all in favor from the first and even fonder of him than I was. And then when they talked of marrying within the week, I began to ask about father, but they both said never to mind about father, but just to tell him afterwards. Mother said she'd make it right with him. I didn't quite like that, Mr. Holmes. It, it seemed funny that I should ask his leave, as he were only a few years older than me. But I didn't want to do anything on the sly, so I wrote to father at Bordeaux, where the company has its French offices, but the letter came back to me on the very morning of the wedding. It missed him then? Oh, yes, sir, for he'd started for England just before it arrived. Ha! Huh, that was unfortunate. Your wedding was arranged then for the Friday. Was it to be in a church? Oh, yes, sir, but very quietly. It was to be at St. Saviour's near King's Cross, and we were to have breakfast afterward at the St. Pancras Hotel, Hosmer came for us in a hansom, but there were two of us, so he put us both into it and stepped himself into a four-wheeler, which happened to be the only other cab on the street. We got to the church first, and then the four-wheeler drove up. We waited for him to step out, but he never did. And when the cabman got down from the box and looked, there was no one there. The cabman said he couldn't imagine what had become of him for he'd seen him get in with his own eyes. That was last Friday, Mr. Holmes, and I have never seen or heard anything since then to throw any light on what's become of him. Well, it seems to me you've been treated very shamefully, said Holmes. Oh, no, sir. He, he was good and kind to leave me so. Why, all the morning he was saying to me that whatever happened, I was to be true, and that even if something quite unforeseen occurred to separate us, I was always to remember that I was pledged to him, and he would claim his pledge sooner or later. It seems strange talk for a wedding morning, but what has happened since gives me meaning to it. Most certainly it does. Your own opinion is, then, that some unforeseen catastrophe has occurred to him? Yes, sir. I believe that he foresaw some danger, or else wouldn't have talked so. And then I think that what he foresaw happened. But you've no notion as to what it could have been? None. Uh, one more question. How did your mother take the matter? Oh, she was angry, and said that I was never to speak of the matter again. And your father, did you tell him? Yes, and he seemed to think with me that something had happened, and that I should hear of Hosmer again. As he said, what interest could anyone have in bringing me to the doors of the church, and then leaving me? Now, 
If he'd borrowed my money, or if he'd married me and got my money settled on him, there might be some reason, but Hosmer was very independent about money. He would never look at a shilling of mine. And yet, what could have happened? And why could he not write? Oh, it drives me half mad to think of, and I can't sleep a wink at night. She pulled a little handkerchief out of her muff and began to sob heavily into it. I shall glance into this case for you, said Holmes, rising, and I have no doubt that we will reach some definite result. Let the weight of the matter rest upon me now, and do not let your mind dwell upon it further. Above all, try to let Mr. Hosmer Angel vanish from your memory, as he has done from your life. Then you don't think I'll see him again? I fear not. And what's happened to him? You will leave that question in my hands. I should like an accurate description of him and any letters of his which you can spare. I advertised for him in last Sunday's Chronicle, she said. Here's the slip, and there are four letters from him. Thank you. And your address? At number 31, Lion Place, Chamberwell. Uh, Mr. Angel's address you never had, I understand. Uh, where is your father's place of business? Oh, he travels for Westhouse and Marbank, the great claret importers of Fenchurch Street. Thank you. You've made your statement very clearly. You will leave the papers here and remember the advice which I've given you. Let the whole incident be a sealed book and do not allow it to affect your life. You're very kind, Mr. Holmes, but I cannot do that. I shall be true to Hosmer. He shall find me ready when he comes back. For all the preposterous hat and vacuous face, there was something noble in that simple faith of our visitor, which compelled our respect. She laid her little bundle of papers on the table and went her way with a promise to come again whenever she might be summoned. Sherlock Holmes sat silent for a few minutes, with his fingertips still pressed together, his legs stretched out in front of him, and his gaze directly upward to the ceiling. Then he took down from the rack the old and oily clay pipe, which was, to him, a counselor, and having lit it, he leaned back in his chair with the thick blue cloud wreaths spinning from him and took an infinite languor in his face. Quite an interesting study, that maiden, he observed. I found her more interesting than your little problem, which, by the way, is rather a trite one. You will find parallel cases if you consult my index in Andover in 77, and there was something of the sort at The Hague last year. Old as is the idea, however, there were one or two details that were new to me. But the maiden herself was most instructive. Holmes is figuring it out. And we'll leave it there until our next stream, where we will likely conclude that uh, part of the 
Adventures of Identity coming up on our next show. All right. What did Alan say? Oh, my goodness, you wrote a book. Says, Jay, I plan to watch Jurassic World Dominion in theaters since I've watched Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park trilogy, the other two Jurassic World prequels, and I'm a fan of dinosaurs. You like dinosaurs. I not only liked them as a kid, I love them as an adult. And I'm with you on that one. Absolutely 1,000% agree, uh, Aldwin. Uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, the whole franchise... I can watch those are some of the movies I can watch again and again and again, and they never ever ever get old. I am thrilled by them every time I watch them, even though I can almost recite them line for line. I'm a big, big dinosaur fan, and I absolutely love the whole Jurassic franchise, and I'm with you. I cannot wait to see uh, Jurassic World uh, Dominion. I am so much looking forward to it. <clears throat> very, very cool. By the way, that reminds me of something else. I was actually going to do a, a whole segment on this, and I, I didn't. I might still. But since we're at the end of the show, we've just got a few people watching. I want to, you know, Amber Heard, Johnny Depp have been in the news lately, of course. I don't watch the trial. I don't give a crap about all that garbage. Whatever. It's, you know, if you want a trial that we ought to know more details about, it's Ghislaine Maxwell's trial. That's the one I want to know about, not some crap with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Having said that, congratulations, Johnny Depp, first of all. And second of all, if you are a Johnny Depp fan, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean and all that stuff, great, fine, no problem. But if you want to see the kind of talent that Johnny Depp truly has as an actor... There are two films way long ago, early on in his career, that hardly anybody knows about, but they are brilliant. They are on my top films list every time I make one. And I'm telling you, if you really, really want to watch Johnny Depp in, in just... The, I don't want to say the peak of his career, because his career is still going on. But he does not get enough credit for Benny and June and Don Juan DeMarco. They're very early Johnny Depp films, but they are brilliant. You must watch them. Please look them up. Find them wherever you can find them. Benny and June, June is spelled J-O-O-N, and Don Juan DeMarco unbelievable masterpieces of film and Depp in those movies surpasses anything he has ever done. Trust me on this one. You've got to check them out. Benny and June, Don Juan DeMarco. Highly cannot recommend them enough. Not my favorite films ever, but on my top 10 or 20 list every time. Can't go wrong. All right. We'll see you again on Monday night. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy. We have a long weekend here in Malaysia. Dwalat uh, Tanku. It is our Agong's birthday, the king uh, here in Malaysia. His birthday is on Monday. And so we celebrate it by giving everybody the day off from work. <laughs> I will see you again on the Jay Sheldon show on Monday night. Strangely enough, I'm Jay Sheldon. Good night. 